I've, I've got some information. I've got some information from you from the shipping container. Some dude on Twitter says he's going to LA. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the, some dude who apparently is close to LeBron is tweeting people, telling them, "Trophy time! Get ready!" To all the people in LA, tweet Kyle Kuzma, you tweet a carry champion, you know, all the Laker luminaries. Right. But who is this dude? Like I have dudes, you know, they're tweeting me that he's coming to Miami. So. He's, he's some dude. He's he's no inferno. Let me put that way. He's no inferno. No, he's okay. just some dude need to pump up my main man cuffs. First of all, we like on this show and in life, I like to buy value stocks, buy them low before they pop, right? You like to buy low, sell high. I told you guys about Cuffs the Legend a while back. He's been out there, you know, Kevin Durant's in his Instagram mentions. Uh, He's friendly with LeBron. He's got an in with the NBA players. I'm just telling you guys, you want to buy an early NBA stock. This guy is funny. He's interesting. He's plugged in. You've got to kind of read between the lines as to what he's saying on some stuff. Our next guest is an NBA analyst, a basketball trainer, and a social media influencer. He goes by the name of Cuffs the Legend. And you can follow him on Twitter right there. At Cuffs, C-U-F-F-S, The Legend. In the professional podcasting world, the people are represented by two separate and equally important groups. The media herbs on TV who never got any playing time and the basketball minds who got their 12th grade basketball shoes from the local drug dealer. These are their stories. Oh, you think you better than everybody. You think you better than Bonkin, huh? You too good for the hood, man. Niggas to the well that just opened up my floodgates. I come from the mud, we done hit me for the updates. I say free my nigga if you know my insecurity, just keep it on the hush. If you hit me up at 2 a.m., you gotta let me fuck. Be the driver when I'm slump. Be my nigga if you clutch. I ain't saying fight my battles, you ain't gotta be my crutch. Tell my mama that I love her. I don't do that shit enough. I'm a bro, bro. Wait, wait. I'm a bro, bro. In a cut, I love the hood, you know. Oh, stuck. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, we back once again. We back once again on the Some Dude Show. Man, my next guest is the pride and joy of Los Angeles, California. He was the 20th pick in the 2015 NBA draft by the Toronto Raptors. He won the Bob Cousy Award in 2015 at the University of Utah. He comes from a, a great basketball pedigree. You know, we all know his big brother, Darrell Wright, played in the NBA for 11 seasons, won a championship with the Miami Heat in 2006, straight out of high school. This guy right here is one of my favorite glue guys in the NBA. He's one of the best role players, and that's a compliment. 
You know, he a lot of guys can't say they played in the NBA nine years, ten years. He's always found a niche in the league. I want to welcome to the Some Do Show, Washington Wizards point guard, DeLon Wright, man. Welcome to the Some Do Show, my boy. Appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be here, man. This is uh you know, this is one of them things where I'll be look I'll be uh, always I'll be always tuned in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate you stopping by. So first off, congrats on a new deal, man, with the Washington Wizards. You know, I think you're gonna love DC, bro. Like I, I know Kyle Kuzma has told you this already, but I gotta tell you about DC, man. It's one of my favorite cities. You know, the African American Museum is beautiful. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of nice women in DC, but you gotta be very, very careful about those DC brunches and those day parties, man. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. You gotta be careful because it's very treacherous in DC at those day parties, Delon. Hey man, I, I heard uh, you know they have some some beautiful women. I, I've seen a couple. You know, um, I'm excited to be there. You know, like how excited are you about this new chapter with the Wizards? You get a chance to play with your good friend, like I mentioned, Kyle Kuzma. You know your you know your fellow Utah Ute, uh, another good friend, Monty Morris. That's got to be dope for you, man. You know, some guys that's your real life friends. Like a lot of people can't really say that they you, you're playing with your real life friends. So who who had a hand in recruiting you to come to the Wizards? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, that makes a that makes a huge difference playing with uh, you know, guys that you really you know genuinely care about. And um, you know, Kuz was the first one to really hit me. Um, I would say, well, honestly, uh, you know, the the Wizards were on my radar for about two years. Um, they were on my radar, but uh, you know, things didn't go as planned. But um, once you know, once I was a free agent, Kuz was he's he was hitting me like um a couple of weeks you know before the free agency was starting, you know, just telling me, you know, that uh, they were going to be inter- interested. And, um, you know, if I if I really want to come there, you know, the opportunity was there. So um, he definitely was the first one. And then my agent, uh, you know, he started telling me the details about it. And then, you know, once free agency started, um, they offered me. And, um, you know, I kind of wanted to see what Atlanta was going to do. But I, I felt uh, comfortable going to uh, – to DC, you had a very good year last year with Atlanta. What was it like playing with Trey Young in Atlanta, and now going to the Wizards, where it's you, Monty Morris in the backcourt? What was it like playing with Trey, and now what is it going to be like, kind of getting an even bigger role with the Wizards? Yeah, I mean it was it was fun to uh, to watch him day in you know day day in and out, uh, you know do some do some of the things that he was doing. Um, you know he's one of the best point guards in the league, um, so. You know that was definitely fun for me to to watch that up close, and um, yeah, with well, me going to Washington, uh, you know, I, you know, the trade played about 35, 40 minutes, so it wasn't too many minutes for me. Um, you know, backing him up. Um, so, you know, my my idea was to go to Washington and you know have a bigger role, be able to still prove that I can play bigger minutes, and um, just try to help. You know, my my philosophy is I always try to go to a team that kind of not doing so well and you know add what i add and you know if we do better that it makes me look good so you know that was my philosophy we're going to dc i see that you brought the number 55 back you got the 55 jersey back that you wore yeah. in college you wore early in your pro career last year in atlanta you were zero so what made you choose the number 55 because you got to be nice to wear number 55 on the basketball court <laughs> like especially if you're a guard like most big men i got a funny story man when i first started coaching aau it's probably mm-hmm. over 12 13 years ago man and i was dealing with an organization 
and they got some jerseys in at the last minute. <laughs> Every jersey was a high number, like 55, 57, 58. And it, it was hilarious to me. So what made you go back to the number 55? Yeah, so uh, I always tell the story. So um, <clears throat> when I was in junior college, um, it was my, my number growing up was number one. All you know, football, baseball, basketball was number one. So because, because of who? Because of what player? Your brother, your big bro, or just no, nah, no. Nah, honestly, uh, he wore one in the NBA because of me. I mean, I almost just say that. Oh, but, um, you know, cause he three, he was three, and D Way had three, so you know he had to switch. But um, so yeah, in junior college. You know, I want to wear one, but at the junior college, he he coached. He felt like number one was like a cocky number or whatever, right? So they didn't have a number one jersey. So I was just looking at the list of numbers that they had left, and I saw 55. And I was like, yeah, let me just go with some, you know, some different. You know, it's a new chapter in my life. And then once I picked that, like you said, it was a big man number, right? So I'm wearing a 3X jersey for two years. And <laughs> well, I have to change the shorts, but I'm wearing a 3X um Big old jersey for for two years, and um, you know that was the funny part about it. Uh, just picking that big old number. So you're an LA kid. What made yeah. you choose Utah coming out of high school in in California? I'm sure you were, were recruited by a lot of California schools. What made you choose Utah? Because we all know there's no black barbershops in Utah. Like I always wanted to ask that question, like to somebody that was really in Utah. But what made you choose Utah coming out of LA? Um, for one, they were in a Pac-12. Um, two, um, when I when I committed there, they were the worst team in the Pac-12. They were five and like twenty-five. So I felt that I was gonna be able to play right away and you know prove to the NBA that I was ready. So um, you know, once I seen the opportunity um, to go to Utah, I was you know I took it right away. What is your off-season routine? I know a lot of players spend a lot of time on vacation you know, decompressing from a long 82 season grind. What, what has it been like? Like, is there, I asked this question to a lot of players, but I want to get your take on it. Is the work life balance a real thing for NBA players? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so for me, this was the first year where I, I played the whole, the whole season without any injuries. Um, I was out for COVID, but um, besides that, I didn't have any injuries that cost me time. Um, so I took about a month and a half off after the season and just really did nothing. Just let my body rest, um, you know, party a little bit, you know, got, got all the fun out of my system. So, um, you know, once it was time to start back working out, I could just lock in and just focus on, you know, what I what I need to do for next season. Man, I've seen, I've seen your nephew, man. I've seen you working out with Chris Johnson. Shout out to the OG Chris Johnson, man. I've seen you in the lab with Chris Johnson. Your nephew can shoot that thing, man. Yeah, he's definitely uh that's one of the skills that he does have that me and my brother didn't have at that age. Um he can definitely shoot it. Now we're just trying to, you know, get him to get some wiggle, you know, be some able to wiggle. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> gotta have some wiggle nowadays, man. Exactly. Like we don't want him just being a shooter, you know what I'm saying? We want him to be able to go get a bucket uh on all three levels of the of the court. So what do you enjoy most about being an uncle? Like you're always busy, you play in the NBA, you're traveling, you're traveling in the world, you're on vacation in the off season. Now you're back in the lab. But what do you what do you enjoy most about being an uncle? Man, uh just just watching them grow. Um you know, I I love that I'm not a, you know, a father yet. So when I get to babysit them or you know, hang out with them, 
I get to send them back to their parents. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the dopest shit about being an uncle. Like I have, yeah. I have two nephews and a mm-hmm. niece. That's the beautiful thing. Like you can give them all the gems you want to give them. You can tell mm-hmm. them some things that they dad or mom might not say to them. And then you can send their ass back home. That's the best part, bro. I send them right back after I, you know, after we, they, they, they treat me like I'm one of their friends. So, you know, they don't respect me like, you know, like they should, but, um, you know, we have a good time and then, uh, I'm the fun house. So, you know, they have fun over here. Then I send them back to their parents and, uh, you know, I catch up with them another time. So shout out to your big brother as well. Everybody knows your big brother, the OG Darrell Wright, who was one of my first guests on the, on my old podcast, probably like six uh-huh. years ago, man. So shout out to Darrell. He was just named uh, the new head basketball coach at Kanye West's Donda Academy. What was uh-huh. it like? I know you get this question a lot, but what was it like growing up with a big brother in the NBA? And did your big brother Darrell hack the living shit out of you in the driveway as a kid? What did he hack me? Uh, <laughs> man, so I'll give you a little insight. I was a, I was kind of a crybaby growing up. Like, if, if stuff wasn't going my way, if I lost, I'm I'm crying. Like, I wanted to win so bad, right? So he knew that. Um, we're we're six years apart, so he he was much bigger than me. So um, you know, I would challenge him every day. I'm talking mess to him, like, yeah, play me today. Why you want to play me today? So when he actually does play me, he's you know he's not taking it easy on me. He's making me cry. He's you know. He doing all the things that big brothers do. So um, that was definitely how I was growing up in our household. But it made me better. It made me who I am today. So I definitely got to give much props on that. So when did you start training? Or did you train with your big brother, Darrell, during the offseason when you were a little kid? When did you start getting in the gym with your big bro and start learning from, from the OG? I started probably after I graduated high school um, because, like, you know, he was on the heat um, throughout my high school career, and they was in the playoffs the whole summer. So um, I really didn't get to train with him. But um, once I once I got out of high school, he started letting me play open gym with, uh, you know, all the NBA players. And he's, uh, he's making me guard the best dudes on the court. Like, literally, I'm nervous out there, not trying to mess up. And he's like, nah, you go guard Paul George. Oh, you go guard, holy shit. <laughs> you guard Russell. So I'm like, like, what is he doing? Like, but he saw something in me that I didn't see. So, um, you know, I was, I spent, you know, the, like two or three summers before I actually got to Utah, you know, guarding the best players. Oh, I remember at one time in the Drew League, uh, the game, he had like an all-star team, with, like DeMar DeRozan, John Wall, Metal World Peace, all these different NBA players. And my brother had me on John Wall, which was what was this, like 2011? We John Wall was probably that, the quickest. That, yeah, that was the 2011. I remember that John Wall. Holy that shit. That motherfucker. So quick. So my brother was like, yeah, you guarding him. So he going at me. But, uh, you know, I kind of held my own. He got the best of me. But, you know, I, I definitely held my own and it made me better. So you started hooping with pros very early. You know, you had an advantage that some kids will never have. So I'm sure you're blessed having that advantage, having that OG, having that big bro that played all those years in the NBA, won a championship. So when did you realize that you could hold your own against these NBA players? When did it start to click and you say, you know what? I'm just as good as these motherfuckers. Like, I really can hold my own out here. Literally, um, that, that, that when I graduated high school, um, yeah, he once he put me against some of those guys because you know when you're you know when you're around NBA players you're kind of looking up to them like wow like I'm really next to this dude. So once I got that out of my head and I was like yeah I'm going at some of them like I'm gonna try to hold my own. 
that's not like, yeah, like I'm about to, I'm about to really take it here. Chris Paul told me at his camp one time, he was like the toughest guy to guard is not necessarily like a Ty Lawson back then, a guy that just plays, you know, one speed. Chris mm-hmm. Chris told me that the toughest matchup for him was always a guy like Tony Parker because right. had, his change of pace was so crazy. So right. with you, who is the toughest guy to defend and who has like the first, like the quickest first step that you had to face? Um, I would say Dame is one of the toughest dudes that I have to guard because obviously his shooting and his first step is crazy. You got to, you know, got to give him space. You know, so he don't just blow by you. And uh, honestly, somebody that gave me fits, I, I hope I shouldn't be saying this, but I, I love giving him his props is Drew Holiday. Like he's Tough. he's one of the dudes I have to guard just because how strong he is and how quick he is. So um, I would say between those two, we're probably the toughest people. Like if I don't have no help behind me, I'm in a, I'm in a tough uh, tough position. So why do you think Drew Holiday is so underrated? He's won a championship, but why is a guy like that still like I feel like he's underrated still. I always, I always tell people, I think he don't, like, not, no disrespect to him, but I don't think he wants to, like, I feel like some guys, they try to put themselves in position, like, they talk, you know, they, you know, they're in the media, they do all these things that will help them, you know, get more recognition, but he's just so mellow, he, you know, he, he just goes about his business, like, if you know, you know, that's what, that's how I feel about him, like, if you know, you know. So, you're on the Some Dude Show right now with Cuffs the Legend and Washington Wizards newly signed guard DeLon Wright. So I'm going to ask you, how important were mom and dad in your basketball development? Like, I know your brother played a big part, like, in your tutelage, but how important were mom and dad in your basketball development? Man, I can't even put into words. Because they, they, they hoop too, right? Your parents hoop, right? My dad was like a street – he was like a street ball, street ball dude, but he was like – he would play in the weekends, you know, street ball. Um, moms played softball. So they, they didn't really play uh, no organized sports. Um, they just played, like, you know, in the neighborhood. But um, my dad pretty much coached me growing up. So, um, you know, we used to butt heads because you – know, you know how it is, like, sometimes that father – Father-son relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah, that voice, that dad voice is different. So I have a bad game on a, on a car ride home. He make me watch film. We get back. <laughs> I just want to probably go watch TV or play the video game. So um, we butted heads, but um, just him being on me, him being there every day, showing me different moves, it definitely helped me, you know, in the long run. And, um, you know, I definitely want to be here without their support. This is a real spicy question I'm going to ask you. And I was going to save it for the end of the, of the show, but I got to ask you, is L.A. the best basketball city in America? It's been a lot of chitter-chatter amongst us, Chicago, you know, these, even my home state. I know North Carolina is like a whole state, so it's hard to compare it against a city. But is L.A. the best basketball city in America? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I'm not – I mean, obviously I'm from here, um, so I'm a little biased, but – um. You know, we had three MVP candidates. What was that about three years ago? Like, well, like Kawhi, I think it was Paul or Kawhi, James, and Russ. Like three dudes from LA. Like, that's that's incredible. But um, I just think that obviously we're a bigger city. You know, we, it's a lot of you know more more players here. So um, people try to discredit us, but I definitely think we are. Just the competition here and how hard it is to make out of LA. Like, what is it about the city? Like, is it is it a thing where it's so many youth leagues? Or or is it a thing to where 
I feel like so many kids in the city, they have examples like you, like DeMar, like Paul Pierce, like your brother. They have so many. It's endless examples they can look at and say, we can make it out of here because I, I know this guy or that's my cousins or or that's my people across town. So, like, I'm from a place in North Carolina, like, it's more rural. So we, <laughs> have, we have a city like Kinston where Kinston has produced Jerry Stackhouse. They mm-hmm. pr- they produced like a lot of great players. Brandon Ingram's from Kinston. Reggie yep. Bullock. They made a. They did. They actually did a special on Kinston. Like it's one of the. If you go per capita, it's one of the oh. biggest basketball meccas. Even though it's a small place, but nice. do, you, do you think that plays a role or a factor in LA where the kids in LA have so many examples to look at right there in their own backyard? Oh yeah, definitely. That's probably the biggest. That's probably the biggest reason why we have so many players. Um, just, just the competition. You have to, just to even make it to a lower division one. You still have to, you know, be, you know, good. So I just feel like with us, just trying to compete against each other and uh, be the best we can, it's just, you know, producing more NBA players in our city. So um, we're trying to, you know, obviously get more so we can keep it going. But um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm just blessed to be from LA and you know, blessed to grow up here. You on the some dude show right now with Cuffs the Legend. And Washington Wizards guard DeLon Wright. We're talking about L.A. basketball, L.A. hoop culture. Give me your L.A. Mount Rushmore right now, then. All time. What's four players now? That's four players. Four players. Damn, that's tough right now. Sheesh. Um, I'm probably going to be forgetting some. It's like, damn. Paul Pierce got to be on there, right? Um, <laughs> Come. Yeah. Okay. Let me see Damn, that's tough. I'm gonna go with two older guys and then two, you know, current type guys. Um, I'm gonna put James up there. Oh yeah, James Harden got to be on there. I'm gonna put Russ because they're you know MVPs. Um, I'm gonna throw Baron Davis because he looked out for you know once he made he looked out for so many of my brother's friends you know that helped us. So I'm gonna put him up there. Man, look, not to cut you off, but I had when I was in high school. Huh? I had a Baron Davis. I used to record his highlights on VHS. His <laughs> his UCLA highlight package is one of yeah. the it's one of the best highlight reels I ever seen of any guard oh. ever. Yeah, he was OD. Um, those three point guards. Damn, I feel like I'm missing. Uh, Tyson Chandler was legendary coming out of out of yeah, like Dome- he- Dominguez High School. He was. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm just throw my brother on there. Just you know, song kiss nobody off. So you're on the way. You no, know, you're working out now. It's the off season. What music are you bumping right now, Delon? What in your off season workouts during this season? Last season, what's in what's in the playlist right now? What's in the Delon Wright playlist right now? I uh, so I, I I like to listen to albums. So um, I'm listening to Chris Brown album right now. Uh, that's a fire album. Fire, I like it. I played it on my last episode with Lexi Brown, like that. That yeah. the Chris Breezy album. I think it's some of his best work. That for no, for real. I'm not even a uh, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree. That was that's one of his. And I'm not even a big Chris Brown fan, but uh, this album was crazy. So I'm gonna go with him. I'm a big Lil Uzi fan. I know. You, <laughs> I know you. You, you don't mess. <laughs> no, I rock with Uzi. My daughter put Dude. me on. Yeah, I rock with Uzi. I got. Oh. I have several little Uzi songs in my playlist. The funny one to me is, you know, I don't want to, I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this. I get a lot of backlash on social media and Twitter when I say this, but 
Rod Wave is like the funniest oh. artist to me. I hope, I hope he wasn't on your list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Rod Wave, man. Yeah. I, I don't I, know. Some people love it. He has. I understand he has a cult like following, but it's yes. like I feel like when I listen to Rod, it makes me want to drive off a cliff, Delon. Like I want to drive off. No, he no for sure. I feel like he has like when you want to get that you know kind of emotional, you know he. He has some of that music uh, that's gonna make you, you know, kind of emotional. Think about one of those exes. <laughs> I saw, I saw a tweet from Raw Wave. I think about a month ago, and he said, "You know what? You saw the tweet where he was like, basically, oh, I'm gonna start uh, making uh, emotional music." And I'm a, I was yeah. like, "Yo, he even admitted it himself." <laughs> no, he, he, he see what the fans are saying. He, he see what the streets is talking about. <laughs> but whatever he do, I'm rolling. Like I'm, I'm one of the biggest Raw Wave fans. Him and Lil Uzi, they can't do no wrong with me. So Little Uzi, Rod Wave, we got Chris Brown. Any R and B is Delon Wright a R and B guy? Cause it's- oh yeah, I'm a real big R and B guy. I don't want to hear all that rap, rap all all day. I don't like all that. So you know, I throw in some uh, Brent, some Brent. Uh, I like Brent. Yeah, I like him. Um, yeah, I'm a big R and B guy. Uh, Drake, I know he ain't. You know, he in the middle, but. Uh, we're going to yep. play a game called Six Piece Spicy with some dude. I'm going to ask you six extra spicy random questions, DeLon. And I just want you to give me your 100% unfiltered answer. Yes, sir. I'm ready. So you got to keep it 100 right here on the Some Dude Show. <laughs> we, we, sp- we spoke about L.A. basketball. We spoke yep. about some of the legends, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You know, the list goes on. Tyson Chandler, Paul Pierce, Darrell Wright. Just the list is just infinite. But as of right now, who from L.A. cannot guard you right now? Who from L.A. cannot guard me? Well, none of them dudes. Are, none of them dudes is, is defenders. So, <laughs> Russ, uh, I'm gonna leave Kawhi and Paul George out of it. They're not from L.A., but you know, they're from the surrounding areas. Um, I'm gonna really say anybody, anybody from L.A. You know, if I can, you know, if I get in the right role. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I'm gonna get my twenty. They gonna they gonna they gonna probably shoot more than me, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my fifteen five and five on any of those guys. So this this is a funny question. This is this is totally off the grid, but like you've always been a glue guy, a nice role player in the NBA. But how many points do you think you really would average if you if you had like a higher role? Because a lot of people don't understand that when they watch these games, they think yes. like, oh, this guy only averages this much, or he only does this much. But it's because of the role, you know, because of the fit on your team. Like, do you think you could average like fifteen to eighteen a game in the NBA? Oh, I think I definitely average between 15 and 18. Um, I'm just giving you a list of the guys I played behind. So my first couple of years, I played behind Cal Lowry, which was an all-star. And then I go to Memphis, and I'm playing behind Mike Conley. And then I go to Dallas, I'm playing behind Luka. And then I'm just playing behind Trey. So those are, you know, some of the top point guards in the league that I have to play behind and, you know, clear by the role. So I definitely think that, you know, with the right opportunity, um, Right guys around me, I could for sure average between 15 and 18. Yeah, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to ask you that because it's like a perspective that I think average fans, shout out to KD, he called me an average fan. Like average <laughs> fans watch basketball and they sometimes do not process that part of the game. Yes, exactly. They think that, um, you know, just because the role you're playing, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I accept my role. Like, I'm not going to fight the coach on it. So, 
some people might not be rolling with my game, but I definitely, you know, could score some points of, you know, the team needed me to. Who's another guy? Give me an example outside of yourself, other than yourself. Who is one of those guys that's always been like a glue guy, a role player that can do the same right now if he had a more accelerated role on the team? Who is another guy that just pops in your head where you say 15 or 20 in the league right now if he just had that opportunity? I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson. Um, He just oh. did it. Oh, yeah. He, he was playing behind me uh, when I was in Dallas. Like, he wasn't really getting in. Um, we was, you know, then they changed coaches and, you know, he's starting. So, now he's got a max deal. So He got the bag. History play uh, he got the bag, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he got the bag, baby. So who, you, who a year ago would have said that he was going to get $100 million. Like, think about that. Oh, man, that's crazy. So it, what's, what's the moral of the story, DeLon? Like, you never know. You got to take advantage of your opportunities. Moral of the story is keep working. Um, you know, have faith in your game. Uh, you know, even though some of these coaches might, you know, tell you what kind of role you're going to have, still aspire to, you know, do better in that. But but don't mess up the bag. You know, don't, you know, don't do too much with it. But... Just keep working. That's all the best way I can put it. Give me your Utah Utes all-time starting five. Utah Utes all-time yeah. starting five. Let me see. Let me see. I'm going to go with Andre Miller. Yeah, I got him on my list. Okay. Automatic. I'm going to go with me at the two. Um, I'm going to go with... Keith Van Horn. Yeah, I got him on the list. Van Horn was, man, that was my era of college basketball. Van yeah. Horn was a monster, man. He was tough. Uh, so that's a three. I'm going to go with Kuz, Kuzma. And then I'm going to go with uh, Andre Bogan. Is it Andrew? Andrew Bogan, and, yeah. Andrew Bogan was nice. Yeah, he was the, so we have, I'm going to give you a fun fact. Um, we, we're the only school with the number one pick in basketball and football in the same year. Mm, who, that was Bogut, Bogut, and uh, um, Alex, Alex Smith, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Only school. See, you get fun facts on the Some Dude Show, bro. Fun fact. Nobody really know about that. So yeah. So, what's so, your favorite restaurant, Delon? What is your absolute favorite restaurant on the road? On those road trips, what steakhouse? What spot is your go-to spot on the road? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Probably Miami Komodo. I like I like to go there. It's, you know, it's, it's the hot spot. It's where all the, the fly chicks are, all the ballers. You know, that's uh, definitely one of them. And I like uh, Prime One Twelve in Miami. Ooh, Miami is Miami. I I kind of know the answer, but I want to ask you so you can inform the people as well. Is Miami really that much of a distraction on the road trip? When you fly into Miami, you're playing the Miami Heat, especially in the playoffs. Like y'all, you yeah. play you played against the Miami Heat in the playoff series. How yeah. it, how is it? Do you have to stay locked in your hotel room and have like blinders on with no distractions? Can can you fall victim to the city of Miami as an NBA player? Oh yeah, you definitely can. Um, playoffs? Uh, nah, I wouldn't say so. Um, guys are locked in, um, trying to win, win a series. But like on a road, uh, I'm sorry, during like the regular season. Yeah, you're definitely going out for sure. You're going out, um, going to get lit. And then uh, I've had some of my best games after being lit in Miami. So <laughs> That's I, crazy. I wouldn't suggest it, but, um, you know, I've definitely, you know, just 
has some of my best games here. I'll, I'll say that. What other city is treacherous? Miami is is the most notable treacherous city in the NBA, especially for rookies. Like guys like you, you a veteran now. You are OG. You considered a real OG in the league at this point. <laughs> I know your brother feels old by by me saying that, right? Like you, you, you are really like a veteran, bro. You, Delon Wright is a veteran. I've I watched your whole path since you was younger. College, I've seen the whole thing materialize. So it's dope. So for a rookie, it's got to be a lot of pressure in in in, cer- in certain cities. So what other cities? What other one, two, or three cities outside of Miami are kind of treacherous, and it can get real sticky for the young players. You know, I will say this: these young kids, they not like how I was, like how we were when coming <laughs> they, in. They like, different, bro. <laughs> they play, now they want to play Call of Duty. They want to stay in the room, be on Instagram. Like they don't, they ain't trying to go outside. So I won't say for rookies, but I will say for younger players. Um, top three, I'm going to, I'm going I'm to say the best one for last. So I'm going to go with Miami. Miami is definitely you're going out for sure. New York, you're going out for sure, and the best city of all. Um, Toronto. Right? I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it had to be Toronto. What man? I went to Toronto for the the NBA uh, Twitter and the NBA invited us yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, and it was a dope experience, man. Shout out to Twitter and the NBA for doing that. TJ over there at Twitter. So they had us in like a Twitter suite. That was my first time ever visiting Toronto, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it was like. I, I, yeah. I was only there for one day and, and one night, basically. But, bro, I got to come back. And COVID happened right after, so I haven't been able to go back. But, bro, Toronto, what what is it about the city, man? Honestly, like, they're just so genuine out there. Like, the way they, the way they think is so different than the way we think in America. Um, So I would say just the, the, the part of them thinking, and then they just have a mixture of, of people. Um, They have some of the most beautiful women there that – are not from, you know, they're they're from. They, everybody has a backstory. Like they're Jamaican, they're mixed with something. They're not just, you know, American or like you know how we just American out here. These people are from islands. They're from, you know, the UK. It's just a mixture of people, and you know, if you have a mixture of people, you're gonna have some of the, you know. So, so Delon Wright is basically telling you right now on the Some Dude Show that Toronto, Canada, has the most fundamentally sound female fans in the NBA. Is that what you're telling me right now on the Some Dude Show? I'll, I'll want to let me say that for sure. <laughs> so, out of all, all your cities, like you play for seven different teams now, which is actually a compliment. Like I said, you you have yeah. value, so you you're able to stay and find spots in the league because you have value. What city did you enjoy living the most? Oh, Toronto for sure. I was I, I left when they won the championship, but um, you know, I had the most fun there. Um, I was a rookie. I was wide eyed. Um, I had the most fun, like I said, and just the fan base. You know, the community that they have there. I have nothing bad to say about them. How was the nightlife in Atlanta, man? Be honest with me, Delon. How was the nightlife in Atlanta now? I haven't been out in Atlanta in a couple years. How was the nightlife vibes in Atlanta right now when you were with the Hawks? Yeah, that, the nightlife there is crazy. Um, I'm not a big strip club guy, so um, <laughs> that's not my that's not my speed. So uh, they have you know some of the best strip clubs and and people. I, I would go just go pick up some chicken wings from a uh, Magic City and leave. Like I wouldn't even walk walk a foot in there. So so the wings the, the wings are that good. I haven't had them yet. The wings are that good. Where you just say you know what? I'm not even going here. I'm not here to see no cakes. I'm here for the no. wings. Facts. Um, Lou will every every time we take a plane uh, on a road, he'll bring Magic City wings. The Lou Lemon Pepper Lou's. We might get some backlash for this one, but. <laughs> 
who who is the best basketball brother duo, right? These guys can be from anywhere, L.A., any city. You know, right. you and your brother, you know, if you combine the years, your brother played, what, 11 years in the league? 11, yeah, yeah. You on year eight, that's 19 years. So right. who is the best basketball brother duo not named DeLon and Darrell? Like, like as of right now or ever? All time, currently, like what basketball brother duo is the best to you? Damn, that's tough. Um, the best. Bro. Okay. It's got to be Lonzo and Lamelo, right? Hell no. Oh. Um, I'm gonna go with Steph and Seth. Like Seth Curry has done a a wonderful job of like stepping out of his brother's shadow. Like he's Seth Curry now. It's not. It's no longer like oh, this Steph brother. Like he is no. really like a real role player and I hope we get him in on the Lakers, but like that's, he's really elevated his game, man. No, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely elevated his game. Um, everybody did used to look at him as just his brother. Um, but now he's a legit starter in the NBA. Uh, one of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, so that's why I'm, you know, that's high praise I'm giving him. Um, but Lonzo and no, no, just because, uh, I feel like Seth is more closer to Lonzo. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, productive wise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Steph is like so far apart. So I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Steph and Seth. So what are you looking to add to your game this offseason? I seen, like I said, I seen you training with Chris, Chris Johnson. What are you looking to add to your game? I see you putting a lot of three balls up, working on your outside shot even more. Yeah. What are you looking to add? Because you're still, even though you've been in the NBA eight years now, you're still relatively young. You're still a younger player. So what are you looking just to add? What components are you looking to add to your game this summer? Yeah, so uh, I've been working on uh, shooting off the dribble. Um like growing up, I really haven't been comfortable uh, shooting off the dribble. So I think this summer, if I'm, you know, if I can add that shooting off the dribble and just being more dynamic off the uh, off the dribble, I think that my game can elevate. And like you said, like you know, I'm still fairly, I still have a lot of room to grow in this NBA. Like I, I don't feel like I, I maxed out on my skills. So I feel like if I can add that and uh, you know, post up some of these smaller guards. I think that I. Uh, I'll give myself a chance. Ooh, getting in the post with it. Because you're, yeah. you're a big guard. Like, if, when did your growth spurt actually happen? Were you always a big kid, or did you hit, like, that growth spurt, like, in high school? I Yeah, I hit, I hit the growth spurt, I want to say 11, and, like, my freshman year, like, around that time. I started getting the knee, the knee aches and the knee pains, and, um, you know, I looked up, and I was, like, 6'3", and then another year rolled by, and I was 6'4 and a half, and then, you know, I finished off at like six five, so I would say later, later high school. That's when I really started to start to grow and you know become become a point guard. As is like where I'm from, if a kid is tall at a young age, mm-hmm. if, if a kid is like five ten, five eleven, in like the fifth sixth grade, and he's like a real tall kid, most youth basketball coaches automatically throw him at center, or they throw him Back. in the post, they throw him at power forward. When you hit your growth spurt, I'm sure you was, like, always kind of the biggest kid. Yeah. Did your coach allow you to play on the perimeter? Is that how you honed your guard skills to be a big guard? Or were you, like, in the post and you had just to adapt and make it work and you had, like, a high IQ because you watched a lot of basketball and you had the pedigree? Um, I would say uh, high school, we played, like, four out, four in. So um, if the matchup was there, um, I was guarding, you know, taller players. But – 
as far as on the offensive side, it, I was always like splitting time playing point guard. And because I was so tall, like, you know, coaches will move me off the ball and then, you know, I'm on the ball. So I would say it was a, it was a little bit of a mixture of both. Um, I think that's what helped me be so versatile in the NBA is being able to play off the ball or on the ball. So who is your guy? Who is your guy? It could be past, present, but probably in the past. Like, what OG player? Like, who is DeLon Wright's guy? Like, my guy, as much as everybody knows me for being a LeBron James guy, and I'm a LeBron James fan since, like, I saw LeBron play in high school, so it's like, it's a crazy story. But my actual guy is Allen Iverson. Like, that is my guy. So who is DeLon Wright's guy? You know, um, I would say it happened because of my brother. So my brother got drafted to the Heat. Um, I'm thinking he's going to be the guy. I'm thinking, like, oh, my brother in the NBA, like, he about to, you know, be all-star. And then he's playing behind D-Wade. And so I'm like, damn, this dude is good. So I watched every game for my brother's first five or six years of Dwayne Wade. So Dwayne Wade, you know, he takes the cake. Like, then having to build a relationship with him over the years, it was like, I still, I don't want to say my fan, like, like I I'm a fan dog, but like I still be like, damn, like I can text this dude, I can call him, like Facetime him, like man, people d- people don't know the story. Like D Wade, such a real one, bro. Like you only gonna get this content on the Some Dude Show. Like D Wade, he hit me a few years ago. He sent me a random text, random at night, bro. It was back when Braun first signed with uh, the Lakers, and I was like one of the first people to like kind of. I don't want to say break the story, but they had me on Sports Center. They had my tweets all on TV. And D Wade, yeah, D Wade sent me a text and was like, "Bro, get on TV and go get that fucking money, bro." Like it, it, it's a simple text like that, but that shit kind of inspired me coming from him. And that's the type of dude he is. So you had like a, you had like a rare experience than most fans because you got a chance to watch a legend like that who was a top three shooting guard of all time, you had a court-side seat a lot of nights. So what was it like? A lot of people remember players when they older and they retire, but just give me like a Dwayne Wade story. Like when you saw him play up close, because I've been to some of them Heat games back when him and Braun was running the Heatles. But that was, I tell people all the time, and this is not like a knock or any disrespect, like LeBron didn't really play with Flash D-Wade. Yeah, he didn't. You're right. You know, so it's like, give me a D-Way story where you was at the game, you know, you had tickets, you were sitting there, and you was like, yo. he Because he's only 6'3", bro. He's not 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 6'8". Just give me one D-Way story that you saw live in person. Man, I got to probably his best highlight ever I was there, which is crazy. Um, I was out there, I was in Miami to, you know, my family, they want to uh, see LeBron. There was a that, that was probably the only chance we're gonna ever see LeBron play. So we went to to Miami to visit my brother for the Miami and LeBron matchup. Um, so when he ducked on Virgil, oh, I was at that. that was one of the best. It, Cause I, oh, that was crazy. Yeah, I went so crazy when he dunked on him. Like that was that was probably the most hype I've ever got. You know, being a fan. So before we go, last question for Delon Wright on the Some Dude Show: What advice? Like what? What gems can you give? Not just guys coming to the NBA, but mm-hmm. but kids. that's like because I what I'm seeing, man, as somebody who's been immersed in youth basketball for so long, having a gym, just doing all type of stuff with the youth. What advice can you give the youth, and not just boys, but girls? Because I feel like girls basketball 
it's not where it's at because the participation level sometimes like right. where I'm at, man, I don't even see a lot of middle school girls even playing basketball. So what advice can you give them being, like I said, you've been in the NBA now eight years, you made your money. You just got a new contract. You know, you played against some of the best players in the world, but what advice can you give the youth out here listening? Cause a lot of kids listen to the show. A lot of young players do. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so initially, uh, I would say you got to have good grades. Um, you know, if you don't have good grades, you kind of forfeit yourself from college looking, even looking at you. So uh, I'll go with that. And uh, just staying consistent, um, whether that's whatever that is, around the house, at the gym, in class, stay consistent uh, and look up, like find someone that's more successful than you. And kind of, you know, kind of mimic their path uh, as best you can. Don't don't take the whole sauce from them, but you know, kind of take little pointers from them because that's what I did growing up. I, I saw guys like, like I said, like a Dwayne Wade or my brother, and I just kind of mimic what they did, and I put that in my own toolbox. So uh, I would say that, and uh, just you know, stay out of trouble. Oh, there you have it, Delon Rice stopping by the Some Dude Show. Man, it's always fun chopping it up with you, man. I'm glad we got to finally do this. Sure. So I got to come to D.C. I told Coos already I got to come to a Wizard game and, and come out there and support y'all because it's only a short ride from N.C. Even though I'm about to move to the West Coast, I'm going to still be back and forth in N.C. But I got to come to them Wizards games and check you out, man. So much success, my brother. Keep doing your thing. And we're going to always support you over here on this side. Man, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me. And, uh... You know, keep feeding the wolves. <laughs> Feed the wolves, <laughs> my boy. I'll let you. I'll let you, man. All Thank right, you. bro. Yeah. DeLon Wright right there. Washington Wizards guard just signed a new contract. Got the bag. Stopping by the Some Do Show. We got to feed the wolves. To all the wolves out there listening to the Some Dude Show, you know we're going to feed the wolves and keep the wolves fed generous portions. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms. You can find me on Twitter at Cuffs the Legend. You can find me on Instagram at Cuffs the Legend. I'm on Discord now, so just pull up to my Discord. Good energy only, no goofy shit. Shout out to everybody that's supporting the Some Dude Show, man. I do this for the people. I do this for the love. For the love of the game, man. Shout out one more time to DeLon Wright. His big brother, Darrell Wright. One of the best basketball brother duos of all time. It's crazy how life come full circle, man. Darrell Wright was one of the first guests I ever had on a podcast many, many, many years ago. Now we chopping it up with Little Bro. We getting Dwayne Wade stories that you would never hear anywhere else. Shout out to D-Wade. Shout out to Gabby Union. Shout out to Clutch Sports. It's about to be a movie, man. I hope y'all ready. Some do show.
yesterday's price is not today's price. Yesterday's price is not today's price. He's certified. 